0: From Relay FM, this is Download, recorded Thursday, May the 10th, 2018. This is episode 54 Give Me All the Nannies. Welcome to Download, a weekly look at the most interesting stories in the world of technology and other stuff you might care about. I am your host, Jason Snell, as always, and I am joined by two wonderful guests this week. Micah Sargent is here from iMore, from Clockwise, from many other places on the internet, including the domain where you can go to get everything, and that is Chihuahua.coffee. Did I get it right, Micah?
1: Yeah, you did get it right. Chihuahua.coffee. That's my, my site with all the links.
0: Chihuahua.coffee is <laughs> Micah Sargent. That's how I'm going to introduce No, I'm not going to introduce you that way from now on. That would be silly. Uh, well, that's just a great domain, though. I remembered it. See, that's the important part. See, heart, is it was memorable that's why. that's why we do it that's why we get a memorable domain also here one of the hosts of the material podcast which last time I checked might be looking for a new host uh, because russell he's doing stuff anyway florence ion is here hello
2: hello my website name is not as exciting as chihuahua's.coffee but you know it's florenceion.com so okay it's your
0: na- well, that's <laughs> it's good. that's good name. too that is that is truly memorable well, it's, good. it's good to have you here. <laughs> Thanks um, so much
2: for having me. Yeah, uh,
0: this is a big week. Lots going on? Uh, I'm glad you could make some time. Very big week. Mm, yes. Big week, big week. I assume you were you doing a material podcast later today, too?
2: We're doing, uh, I think we're going to do a material after hours. We're going to record it later, much later today, Pacific time. So I'm sort of going to, you know, pitch the vibe. Like we're, we're kind we're literally materialing and chill. All right.
0: All right. Well, I look forward to that. Because big, big, big week for Google stuff, obviously, because of IO. Um, Microsoft held its build conference this week too, which, That's really weird that they chose the same week. I want to. My
2: husband went to that, by the way. (laughs) So he he went to build, and I went to Google (sighs) I/O this week. House (laughs)
0: divided.
2: Sort of, double not really it. You're
0: double teaming it That's how, the only way yeah. to cover all the stuff And uh, to get yeah. all the bases covered is He, to, is he to, was very teamwork. cutely
2: live blogging uh, This week to me uh, But in Google Allo <laughs> Just That's so funny. everybody sure. hears funny. out there Just cross, cross all the <laughs> so streams Cortana there. wasn't like
1: shouting at you That was not the way that that went
0: No, it was, no, no it was all in Google Cortana's,
2: Allo. Cortana's pretty okay. okay
0: Let's get into it The most interesting stories of the week It is a lot about Microsoft and Google Chosen by me and by download producer Steve Stephen Hackett, who I normally say hi to here, but he's not here uh, this week. He uh, worked on the document, but he's got some other stuff going on. So instead, he will remain. Just imagine. Let's all imagine he is here, but not speaking. Let's do it that okay. way. Uh, okay. so, so you can ask question. Hi, Stephen. A how are you? <laughs> Stephen's fine. <laughs> Stephen has told me to tell you. He's fine. That's
1: oh, this good. is one of those. I'm not talking to you, but I'll have Jason talk to you for mm-hmm. me.
0: Stephen says that's right. Anyway, <laughs> it's uh, Google I.O. week. The company packed the Shoreline Amphitheater again to reveal what's new in all of its stuff. Android, Google Assistant, and a whole lot more. I thought we would go through, take, a, take uh, I, probably most of the show to talk about all the stuff that went on because there was so much there. Um, I want to start with Android, the new version of Android, which is the letter is P. We can all begin the, begin the speculation of what sort of candy Pie. object Pie, P- <laughs> I popcorn. <want> a pie. <laughs> Popcorn's not candy though, so pie. Mmm, pie. Mm, pie. <laughs> anyway, Andro- <laughs> Android letter P. Uh, among its new features and new focuses is digital well-being, including a dashboard that tracks how much time you spend in your various apps, options to send time limits for apps, and when it's bedtime, it takes away your color and makes everything grayscale to remind you, this is not, I'm not interesting anymore. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> so, Flo, let's start with digital well-being. What do you think about this uh, this stuff in Android? Is it is it a good idea, and is it enough, or is there more to do here?
2: Okay, I... I'm equating this in my mind. I'm just sort of thinking this like the way that Apple has sort of embraced the health thing, (laughs) you know, like tracking your health and having like a really great health app. I'm seeing Google sort of take on this digital well-being thing is the same. It's the same sort of trajectory. Like this is the thing that we are going to help you with users of Android. Right. So this is the thing. It, It it's going to be very helpful for people like me who have a very difficult time not waking up with their phone every morning, um, but I am looking forward to having some sort of help in that realm. I also just think about the psychological implications of having this smartphone. It really isn't just the smartphone, though. It's the assistant that's inside the phone, which is also inside the other things that's inside my house. So, And I'm sure we're going to get to that in wow. a second, but...
0: A whole turducken of assistants there (laughs) inside the phones that are inside the houses that are inside the (laughs) neighborhoods that are anyway.
2: Well, so I'm just thinking, okay, so you've got all this like Google in your house, right? You've just like fully bought into the ecosystem. Woo woo woo, go me! And now I've got this phone that is telling me to put my phone down so that I can use the other devices mm. in my house oh, to my interact Lord. with this assistant. Um, but no, in all honesty, I think this is just a way to really personalize this experience for people. And again, to add to that idea of Google is the assistant. The assistant that tells you when hey, Flo, you have been checking your phone way too much. Uh, you've been on Instagram for the last 30 minutes. That's ridiculous. You need to stop stalking people. Uh, and you need to, it, it will gray out the the interface It, you know, kind of letting you know, giving you a visual cue that it's time to put the phone down. This isn't time to do this. You need to take a break. Again, adding to that whole, I am the assistant, I am helping you figure out how to sort of live life with these things, thus making it an invaluable part of life, right?
0: Are you going to use those features like this dashboard that's going to tell you how much time you're spending? Are you, uh, do you, is this one of those things where you're like, well, it's a nice idea, but I know how much time I spend on in Instagram or I don't want to know? Or, or are you excited about the idea that Google's going to help you not use um, your phone as much?
2: I think I am excited about these things because I've been implementing these sorts of things on my my own with third-party apps. So Android O, which I have on my Pixel 2, it will automatically dim uh, at 8 o'clock every night and then uh, light back up to regular blue hue around 7 a.m. every day. So I already have that going and on top of that i will have another screen reducer app but that's bad because that means i'm still using my phone right before bed (laughs) 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 so that's the part that i like need help with is uh you know i have the screen thing down but the actual usage is still it's very ingrained in me
0: Hmm. michael what do you think about uh uh, platform owners uh getting on board with digital well-being and not letting you know trying to get people to not go overboard with using their technology
1: So here's the thing. Uh, A long time ago, Apple came out with this feature called uh, Do Not Disturb While Driving. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I wrote a piece about... I was using it during the beta period, and I wrote a piece about how I thought it was very, very cool and could potentially be very helpful in legitimately saving people's lives. Because it is not so much that humans like want to look at their phone while they're driving because they want to injure other people. And it is more about our, our base processes, our base, our base sort of instincts to uh, get those dopamine hits that often comes from attention that we get. And so if you don't, if you don't see the notification pop up, then you don't have to ignore mm. that possibility for a dopamine hit. Right. And I wrote about how I thought this was great, and I sort of got blasted across the internet because people were saying that that made sort of a nanny state. So, no, that's
0: (laughs) that's right. And everybody knows that you shouldn't have a nanny. You should just leave your kids at home and go away and by whatever happens will happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how we were all raised. By the
2: way, Micah, Android Auto does the same thing just right. to, for the record it yeah. keeps yes, notifications exactly. from popping up so that all i see is the map in front of me and a little control for music right because the, yes. as
0: as good as an intention uh, or an intention as you have when you get that sound or a flash and you know that you've got a you've got a, mm-hmm. a an alert right you're then you you begin this it's not necessarily even like i want to feel good it's it's like i have anxiety because yes. is there that something is that I'm am I being hit. irresponsible? Is there something that <laughs> yeah. is, or, or it could be as simple as um, unchecked thing. I need to check the thing because I know yes. there's a thing now and it's unchecked, right? It's, it's like at that base level, like you were saying, Micah.
1: Yeah, that, yeah it goes back to our instincts. And so th- th- yeah, this was less about sort of, you know, feature parody and more about that, that that people seem to be very, very weird or unappreciative of these kinds of features that they criticize as being nanny features. I don't care. Give me all the nannies. I think these things are Fantastic. I give me all the nannies. I love it when companies are, are thinking about these things that sort of tackle our lizard brains, uh, and, and will help us be better versions of ourselves. And I don't know if, if black and white is the right answer. I don't know if, uh, if. You know, making things orange is the right answer. I don't, I don't know what it takes, but I'm glad that companies are thinking about this because right now we are living in the time period that scientists later on down the line are going to sort of look back on whenever they're doing their, their, uh, their studies and seeing how our culture and our well-being and our actions were influenced by these devices because we're grow now now kids are growing up, you know, from day zero practically with these devices in hand. And it's going to change who we are as human beings, I think. And so I'm glad that 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 these companies are thinking about this. And just one last thing on this, uh I do a uh, sleep science and dream interpretation podcast. And so I have done a lot of research on uh, sleep and the way that different things affect us. And we just, even, even though that we have these, you know, daylight blue light filter stuff. We're still underestimating uh just how profoundly these devices impact our sleep and more importantly, how important sleep is for us. So, give me all the nannies, I say.
2: Not just sleep, too, also mood. Uh because I mean the the whole point of of the digital well-being is also to keep you from being on the phone way too much, you know, just being on an app for such a long time that it's it's literally embedded in your brain um yeah yeah wow we we need help with this i, I think yeah
0: mm-hmm. the uh stereotype of google which is you know, again, stereotypes, there's reasons why they exist, but the stereotype of Google is, Google is about making stuff, making technology, and is not as strong when it comes to kind of the ramifications of their technology. Mm -hmm. They're very engineering driven. They always have been there. More design driven than they used to be, which is great, and you can see it. The products are much better designed. Um, But, you know, the vibe I got is that Google is having kind of an awakening. It's early days yet, but some awakening with this digital well-being thing of, like, that they are trying to think through the ramifications of the technology they're bringing to the world, uh, maybe not always in all scenarios, but you know, I, it definitely got the sense to me that they were they were more aware of the. You know the impact of what they do than I think I've seen from Google before. Would that? Do you think that's right,
2: Flo? Uh, Sundar Pichai even said ah, somewhere in my notes I wrote he was he came out uh, at the beginning of the keynote and basically said like you know ah, I wish I had the quote in front of me but technology is is great but we shouldn't just gawk at it. It was kind of the the idea is that we sh- or rather we shouldn't just be wide eyed about it. Mm. Um, we should actually think about the implications that it has which is a big thing to say from from the person who heads up Google <laughs> because <laughs> Because then, you know, following that, about what, like half an hour later, we had a demonstration of, uh, of, uh, Google Duplex, yep. which was an AI driven voice that could place calls to make an appointment for you, or rather to make dinner reservations for you, or yes, make a, make a salon appointment for mm-hmm. you. It sounded completely like a real person, uh, including the same annotations that people have when they go, um, uh, yes, like it was, I I couldn't tell. I could not tell. So it, it's funny to see or whatever you want to call it it, to see this juxtaposition of like, hi, we are Google. We know that we are, we're really doing a lot of great stuff with our technology. Look at all this great stuff that we're doing. Wow. Look at all the, it's so future facing. And then the other side is, but we all recognize that you're probably all starting to get a tiny bit creeped out. Maybe (laughs) is the, is the word I want to use.
0: Yeah, the um, I, I want to talk more about the Google Duplex thing because I think that that's my example where I think Google is stirring, you know, in terms of understanding mm-hmm. ramifications and thinking things through. But there's still stuff that comes out that you think this is an amazing technology demo, and I don't think anybody thought through what all the ramifications were. Right? Like that still happens, and the Google Duplex is the that it's like you could not write in a in a, a work of fiction the perfect example of, of like like I said, the stereotype of Google, which is brilliant technology. And you start to ask questions about the application of that technology. And like, well wait a second, did you think this through? But with Sundar Pichai's opening statements, I like I was very happy to hear Google say, we do need to think things through. It does matter. These things do have huge societal impacts and we do need to care about our customers and the people that they interact with. And that was all that was all good. And I was happy to hear it because I I mean you could also say with all the stuff going on about uh, about Facebook and people talking about privacy more that having Google explain itself and say, no, 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 we do care about this. We're not going to roll over the interests and needs of people. Um, that that was important for him to say too. And I'm glad he said so now moving on to talk about assistant a yes. little bit. Yes, lots of voices, uh, lots of new machine learning. Six
2: new ones. People are
0: going to talk about John Legend, which is I, I immediately thought, well, where is the Homer Simpson voice? But um, <laughs> you know, lots lots of uh, kind of custom voices, which you know, back in the old days, like GPSs that talked had custom voices and celebrity Mr. voices T. and things like that. <laughs> and I think maybe we're headed that way. But I feel like the bigger story here is that they were showing stuff that I know that my Amazon. Echo uh, still can't do and that Siri certainly can't do, which is that difficult parsing of multiple Mm -hmm. commands where you Mm -hmm. have to like parse the grammar to understand like when you say and, do you mean and the verb at the beginning or are you, you know, are those things happening collectively? Like lots of complications like that. And the demos were really great. So so it looks like um, there are places where Google Home uh, and the assistant are playing catch up, where they're going to have like continuous. You 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 trigger a conversation, and then you can keep talking after the first response, which which Amazon sort of added a, a couple of months ago. Plus, they have like the please mode, which which is a big one. Pretty please. This question about like <laughs> do you are we making rude people by uh, treating our digital assistants badly, and then uh, yeah, the 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 whole way of parsing sentences. So, uh, Micah, did you did you get a chance to see this? Like Google seems to be. Uh, pushing things forward on the assistant front
1: yeah so i apologize to anyone who listens to me on any other podcasts because these these are things are things that i've talked about before (laughs) but i i think that it's it's important um google i love watching google and amazon at work when it comes to virtual assistants or digital assistants or smartest whatever you want to call them the the things in inside of of cylinders (laughs) and containers Mm -hmm. um point is, they are constantly at battle. And I love seeing them uh, sort of end up getting to feature parody uh, off and on and off and on and off and on. And um, a while back, Amazon rolled out the follow-up feature where the Echo will continue to listen to you after you have given it a command. The light ring still lights up on the top and you can essentially follow up to ask more questions and then eventually it will uh, stop listening to you and move on. The problem with that is if your device is accidentally triggered and turns on and then it's like from a television show or something, then it keeps listening to the television after that initial trigger and will sort of kind of fall into a bit of a loop until it finally realizes that it's not. Now, Google revealed a feature like this uh, for for Google Home, for the Google Assistant, uh, where it's sort of like, here's a command and then keeps going. And what Google is very good at is understanding the difference between you. Um, my, my colleague gave an example this morning. Uh, I could ask, Hey, what's the weather going to be like on Tuesday? Because we're going to a baseball game. And then it tells you the weather. And then you turn to your friend and say, Okay, I'm going to wear a coat or I'm going to wear a jacket because it might rain. And the Google Assistant might still be listening, but it knows that you're not any longer talking to it and that you've sort of like turned to talk to a friend. That's what I'd love to see Amazon's Echo get a little bit better at is understanding when I'm actually talking to it in a follow up and when I'm not. So I love watching these companies at work and, and, and bring these features in that make them feel more useful because I often you know, when I'm doing like smart home control stuff with my voice, I don't just want to make one adjustment. I want to go ahead and turn off the lights in the dining room. Oh, and also can you turn off lights in the kitchen? That's so awesome when I can do that. That is so awesome. And so I'm happy to see these features continue to be uh, rolled out, but also improved upon.
0: Flo, can you please Tell me what you think about all this. See, I used this magic
2: word. I think I'm definitely going to implement the pretty please functionality <laughs> when it comes out, because I would like for my husband to speak. Even last night, he was just barking orders at the Google home. I was just like, I cannot wait to put on that pretty please feature for you to have you just talk nicely to it. Um, it, the thing is, these Google assistants have become a part of my family, and you know, I know that sounds in in like a very incredible statement, and it is, but it's sort of what happened when I got home yesterday from the conference, and I just realized I just walked into a uh, a test den for, I mean, what I basically just saw on stage, mm-hmm. you know, ago, whatever twenty four hours prior, um, and I realized. Now that these things are so much a part of my life, having them be more conversational is gonna make it so much easier for me to use. I, I get breathless sometimes just trying to, you know, say all the commands that I can to get all the things to work around the house just because I don't want to touch my phone. Uh, going through my phone, launching the app that I need for every individual IoT thing that I have, yeah. and then, you know, adjusting it. I don't want to do that. And yes, I have some routines set up here and there. But sometimes, you know, the situation calls for individual, uh, you know, tackling everything individually. And speaking to a Google Home, to get it to do all those things is, yeah, it, it's, it's not fun. It's not user-friendly. Um, and of course, Google wants me to continue using this stuff. So by making it more conversational, by making it easier, it will become my default usage in the future. Yeah, for for the
0: record, the, uh, the Pretty Please feature, the idea there is not that it's going to say, uh-uh-uh, you didn't yeah. say please. What it's going to do, and I think this is good, is give re- positive reinforcement to politeness. So the it is I- for kids. Yeah, so. the <laughs> idea is if you say if you say, and I always wanted to do this, especially now that there's that that uh, continued listening after the first command. Like I want to say thank you and have it say you're welcome. Like that's that's what I want because sometimes that's the that's the mm-hmm. interaction that I want, and I know it's dumb, and I know I don't need to say it, but. Oftentimes, I will say it just out of habit. And, you know, those are not bad habits to reinforce. So you get a very nice uh, little boost when you do that with this feature where it'll say, oh, that's so nice of you. You were so polite to ask. Here's the answer. And that's, I feel like that's the way to do it, right? Is just you, you, you're going to, you get um, more flies with honey than vinegar. Mm-hmm. Is that how that saying is, right? So this mm-hmm. is the honey. I don't know. I don't want any more flies. So I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, we have we have a lot more to talk about about Google and a little bit of Microsoft too. But first, I need to take a break and tell you about one of our sponsors. This episode of Download is brought to you in part by Text Expander from our friends over at Smile Software. You can communicate smarter with Text Expander. Create snippets for all the things you type or all the things you copy and paste from somewhere else all the time. Set up a snippet for a website URL so you don't mistype it. An email address, a phone number. I mistyped my own phone number the other day and somebody called me and they're like, "I." it says that the, the the number's been disconnected. And I was like, yeah, I typed it wrong. I should probably have a snippet for that. Today's date, whatever the date is, it'll auto fill it. Names that you find difficult to spell. That's a really good one. Some long, complicated name and you have a little shortcut and you always get it right. And you look super smart because you never get their name wrong. Answers to common questions is a good one. Somebody call, you know sends you an email and says, what about this? And you're like, frequently asked question, couple of characters, boom, the answer is there and you don't have to recompose it every single time. Uh, You can use this on any app on the Mac. You can use it on Windows. You can also use it on iPad and iPhone. Uh, just use a quick search or type a custom abbreviation. You can save yourself from typing things over and over again. Go to textexpander.com slash podcast, and you can get 20% off for your first year. Just tell them you heard about them on download. And of course, if you work in a team, you can share your snippets with the team so that if you get somebody's name spelled right, or you have that answer to the frequently asked question, so do they. And if the answer changes, everybody's answer gets updated. It's pretty cool. Textexpander.com slash Podcast. Open it right now in your browser. You'll get 20% off your first year when you tell them you came from download. Thank you, Text Expander, for supporting download. All right. The elephant in the room, as, as previously mentioned by Flo, is Google Duplex, which was simultaneous. Well, I, I don't even want to say simultaneously, because for me, it was like a one-two punch. It is one of the most mm. impressive tech demos I have ever seen, taking technology that we thought we knew and putting a spin on it. And you can mm-hmm. see as it goes. Like so, so basically, the idea is you have Google Assistant. You say, I want to schedule a haircut between 10 and, and noon on, on Thursday. And in the background, it makes a phone call to the place that you you go for your haircut and a person answers because, as they said, not every not every business gasp has a web <laughs> API endpoint in and a scheduling system. Sometimes they just have a, a book and a pencil and a person and a phone, Ugh. and and it call, which I have issues with that too. Like, does it? Do we really need to go the last mile and hack these people in order to get them in the system? Mm. But but <laughs> uh, but it not only does the Google Assistant call and talk to that person and understand them. Okay, we've seen that before. A robot is calling, and I'm going to answer, and we get spam calls like. That all the time. But they've done the work. It doesn't sound like the Google Assistant. It sounds like a person. It's got ums and uhs and colloquialisms and up talk, uh, not just questions, but kind of talk in general, like people talk. And it identifies itself as so-and-so's assistant or an assistant. I have somebody here, my client, who I want to make an appointment for. Amazing. And the fact that it can navigate weird calls, amazing. And then I had that second thought, which was, is it really right to not identify yourself as a computer when you're calling this person? And is it is this the big problem we're trying to solve, is to hack service workers who are answering phones at businesses in order to get them in the system because they aren't working at a place that's already got a web form somewhere? I don't know. I'm really a mi- mixed feelings about this because it is brilliant and yet kind of bugs me at the same time. So I'm wondering, Flo, uh, you know, how did it hit you and what do you think about it now
2: <laughs> how did it hit me that's a great question um yeah i'm just gonna have to be fully honest i mean obviously you asked me i should be honest but I have to be fully honest and say that it creeped me out. (laughs) And I will say partly the reason for that is because listen, I watch Westworld every Sunday. Okay. (laughs) With my husband. No, I'm serious. Uh I'm so serious. And it's like completely on my mind. And Westworld is that show that I am really into. Like I read all the reviews afterwards and I get into the theories. Like I'm really into it. So when I saw this at the keynote, I was like, Oh my God. Like, I cannot tell that that is a robot. I could not tell. And I felt, I I felt, I felt a little bit of a physical. (laughs) I was really feeling it. Um, it, it, it really. It really got to me, and then of course, like you, Jason, I thought, you know what? Wow, that's that's some amazing technology. At the same time, I was like, wow, this is this is in my lifetime. Like, mm-hmm. I'm here, I'm alive, I'm I'm I've got plenty more time to go, God willing. And uh, this is like what's happening right now. Where's this gonna be in 20 years? In 10 years? In five years?
0: Yeah, but th- that's that's the <laughs> that's the the you know again, I I like it is it is brilliant stuff, but but at what What point do we have to say, and this goes back to Sundar Pichai saying we need to think about, uh, you know, people and and how this all works. At at some point, we need to say, what are the rules about Mm. having computers talk to people now that we have the ability for computers to talk to people at the behest of other people? Right? Like, Mm -hmm. do we is disclosure important? You know, I, I I got into a couple of arguments on Twitter, big shock there about this where people are like, "Come on, but it's really convenient." And it's like, "Yeah, I get it. I'm not saying it's not convenient and I'm not saying it's not impressive, but like do we need to do we need to have a where does our our old social contract is kind of broken? So what do we do? Do we all agree that if uh, that a robot needs to say it's a robot when it calls you? Um is it this like uh you you know, you have to tell me if you're a cop? It's like you have to do I have to ask if you're a <laughs> yeah. robot? Will you give if up I that ask you're a if you're robot? A cop, you have to tell me. What if your robot calls and my robot answers? What happens then? Do they end up with like a. What if my
2: robot call your robot? You should have to invite it into the house like a vampire. Like, you should have to give it explicit.
0: (laughs) And I love it. And actually, it also kind of bugged me that, um, the, 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 the suggestion is this all happens sort of like invisibly. And I thought, I don't know. Like, do I trust it? Is it good enough? Can I see a transcript? Can I listen to a recording of the call?
1: Yeah, I need to hear how it goes.
0: Can
2: I see the, the Google calendar? So
1: <laughs> here are my here are my overall thoughts. Um, I think I've had an opportunity to sort of try and suss them out. Mike, are um, you a robot? Yes. <laughs> no. I, the only reason I'm telling you that is because I have to. It's written into my programming. Um. So I think that this is a very cool thing, and I think that this is potential for the future, the, the, the next generation of virtual assistants, these things that actually work more like human assistants do um, when it comes to accessibility. I think that this is an awesome tool. Uh, yes. There are many reasons why people who may have a speech delay or have trouble hearing or any, any number of things, uh, being able to sign up for appointments, being able to cancel their direct TV subscription, being it, whatever it is, uh, tools like this are fantastic. Also for people with debilitating anxiety issues, this is a fantastic mm-hmm. option. That said, for yeah. me, as an introverted extrovert with uh, a touch of social anxiety, um, I know that I would use this tool to do things that therapeutically I should be doing myself. Sure. I would put this tool in its place and let it, uh, in my place and let it do it for me. And that's not good for me, uh, in, in terms of, you know, wanting to, to overcome those anxieties. Um, so this is one of those things that like, I would it's it's sort of how I make sure that I don't like have a bag of cinnamon imperials in every room of my house because I know I will eat from every bag of cinnamon imperials. I don't want to necessarily have this this tool available to me, I think because it makes more sense for me to handle those things. Um that said, I love the idea of a a virtual assistant getting to a place that I can actually trust it to to sort of again do these things for me and maybe I'm like recording a podcast and suddenly I see that um my hairdresser has has messaged me and says hey I might not be available can we chat on the phone really quick if I could send my assistant over to do that in in virtual space that would be so awesome I do think, though, that it would be important, um, for these, these assistants to name themselves or to, to identify themselves. If it's like, Hey, this is Micah Sargent's Google assistant and I'm about to schedule mm-hmm. an appointment. Are you ready? Boom. That's all it takes. Just, just yep. let me know up at the front and then we're good to go. I mean, there are laws already in several states, uh, about recording phone calls. And, you know, how you have to, you have to give consent and that kind of thing. Why don't we just have similar rules where you just have to identify that you are uh, a virtual assistant? And the last, the last thing that I'll note is, um, it's, it's about a potential pitfall that I hope because again, Google and I mean, frankly, many big companies, Facebook, Google, uh, Apple in some ways, there, there are many companies who, you know, they create all this awesome stuff, but they Jurassic Park it. They don't think about the the outcome of it. So the one pitfall that I could potentially see is with uh, phone scammers. I mean, right now, mm-hmm. you know, you've got these systems set up where there's one person that's in charge and they pay like six people to... Call people all day and try and scam them out. What if that one person didn't have to pay, or at least promise to pay these six people? What if it could just sort of send a a, uh, a Google server uh, for? i don 't know ten cents an hour or whatever after a hundred people uh, to try and scam them that 's very concerning, and so I hope that Google has these things in
0: mind yeah it's uh, it's a it 's a big topic and i don 't want to I, I think i 'm glad you mentioned the fact that this has lots of applications that are really exciting, like there are people who can 't speak or who have a, a a speech impediment of some sort or a stutter or something like that where they having a uh, having to make a call and talk to a human being is hard. There are also people who do have a, huge anxiety issues and don't want to talk to people. And then there is that conversation about like, is it good for you? And maybe you should you put yourself out there. But I will tell you, I love uh, scheduling things on the internet or you know with a with an app or a web page. And when it's the you need to call your doctor or you need to call this place, I put those off forever because I'm like I mm-hmm. don't want to do it. So I get the motivation <laughs> here. Um, also, I was thinking about languages, like people who, who, have a, who are not strong in the language that is predominant in where they're living, having an assistant who can speak it fluently help them out, um, whether that's somebody who doesn't speak English and is in the United States or somebody who is from you know any region who is living in another region. I was thinking of somebody who's like an American, but now they're in Japan and they're learning Japanese, but they're bad at it. But if their assistant can help them out uh, with a phone call, that that there's again lots of great uses but i i do i do have that question also and this is i know this is just kind of like vague but it feels a little bit icky to me the idea that if you're fancy with a fancy phone and a and a and a and, a, and fancy software <laughs> and a monocle and mm. a cup of tea well i mean my thought is you never need to talk to those people who answer phones uh, and uh-huh. that, that, that creates yeah, like an even bigger divide where it's like, I'm not going to even talk to you. I'm going to send yep. a computer to talk to you human, other human being because, and, and it's like, again, I get why. And I don't think that's anything close to the intent, but it does have this like further distancing effect. Plus again, the, the nice, it's great that the nice lady who cuts my hair and who is just literally her and a book and a pencil and the phone c- can now be consumed by the internet without doing anything and be you know basically put on an online system without anything i'm not sure that i like that idea that that like we 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 absolutely have to program every corner of the the world, and we've run out of of internet parts. So now we have to go to the parts where it's people and program them too. That that seems really weird to me. Mm, people parts. Also, also, Micah, I have I I got to back up for a second here and question your commitment to parallel bags of cinnamon imperials. <laughs> Why would you not open one bag and leave the others in like a closet? It, it, why are you opening mul- having multiple bags open at once? That's- no, I'm saying I can't do that. That's what oh, I, okay. I, I That's should not dream, do. That's the dream, but you shouldn't do yeah. it. All right. One well, at a time. One bag at a time. Here's what, One I, do, here's time. what I do,
1: Jason, okay. is I buy them in bulk, and then I fill up uh, little Ziploc bags, like quart size Ziploc bags with them. Okay. And they last a long, long time. But if I were to take those multiple Ziploc bags and put them in different rooms, I would die It would be super days. convenient, but you, would,
0: but you would die. That's right. Well, fortunately, you would die, and you know why? Because you've already revealed yourself as a robot. So <laughs>
1: that's true. <laughs> I'd be fine. Now
0: we know this is all just a simulation—a uh, robot powered by glucose. A couple more things <laughs> uh, before we before we move on. A couple more things. Um, Google News stuff, um, which yes. which which was good. Although I feel like I've already seen a lot. I mean, Google's been going down this path with Google News on the web. I think they're just trying to make a nicer presentation and a nicer app presentation. Um, always a weird place where tech. Companies and journalism kind of intersect. Um, mm-hmm. It looks like Google is continuing to stay on the side of sort of like they've got the Google Subscribe feature, which is like make it really easy to give money to the to the s- news services that you care about, and that they're trying to be uh, algorithmic about it and sort of b- generate kind of like a good curation. Um, but uh, I was I was curious if you guys had a had a, a quick take on on uh, how Google News is evolving, Flo. What do you think about about that?
2: I'm just worried about uh, the idea. As I was sort of explaining it uh, to a couple people after the keynote, um, the idea of having journalism always has to be saved by like some, some you know new invention and i just that is at odds with the whole idea of journalism which is to be the watchdogs of the world and we're supposed to be watchdogs of this industry and how can we be watchdogs if we are relying on them to help us get our content in you know to the eyes of people Uh um so that's the thing i worry i appreciate the utility i appreciate this nice ui I appreciate all the things that have been done with AMP, you know, that sort of thing to, to help those of us who have all transitioned to the web. But I worry a lot about the fact that, you know, we've got Amazons and Googles, uh, with their hands in, in our world. And it's, uh, you know, we have to eventually figure out where that line is as journalists. Can I get an amen?
1: <laughs> I could not agree more if I tried. Um, I think that. You know, Silicon Valley... Uh, oh, God, I'm just sounding. Anyway, Silicon Valley, one of their <laughs> favorite things to do is <laughs> is to jump into every single thing and say, watch how I can fix this. And they don't always do a good job of it, but think that they do. Um, you know, the idea with with Google News here is is being able to sort of organize things around storylines and uh, pick out multiple sources and put them together to sort of give you an all around perspective of the story. The problem is not every single source that's out there that is providing sort of like contrary points of view is accurate. Um, and I'm I'm trying desperately not to sound like I'm falling into uh, a bit of a, a, a bias or any sort of cognitive dissonance trap. But genuinely, I mean, it's been proven time and time again that news sources lie about things and they're not always... Um, not always accurate or, or forthright. And so one of the things that I worry about is in doing this sort of, um, storyline feature where you can deep dive into different perspectives. Some of those perspectives might provide stuff that's not necessarily accurate. Uh, and so it's not always helpful. Uh, you know, if you've got a story from NASA about some cool new discovery, I don't think that I also want to see flatearthers.org commenting on that story. And so I hope that Google is keeping that stuff in mind as they are, you know, figuring out the algorithms for putting together the multiple per- multiple perspectives on a story. Uh, but re- uh, aside from that, I like the idea of things being organized a little bit better and organized around storylines to where I could sort of go through and read eight storylines and get an idea of the news that happened in
0: that day. Uh, Uh, One other thing I wanted to touch on very briefly, uh, Google Photos. Uh, I think one of Google's strongest assets, Google Photos, it always mm-hmm. impresses. A bunch of new stuff that they showed off, uh, like auto colorization of black and white images, which is fascinating technology to do that algorithmically. We can all, uh, you know, have the old uh, discussions about colorizing movies again if we really want to. But it does. Uh, it can when it works well, add a, add a real immediacy to those old fo- photos that can be cool. Auto adjusting brightness and things like that. Um, does make me feel like uh, the whole concept of manually editing photos is just fading away when things can be automatically processed. But I also wanted to mention, last year at I.O., they showed this amazing thing where Google Photos was going to be able to do stuff like remove that chain link fence that was between you and your kid who was playing softball, and uh, that never shipped. So I think it's an important point, just not about Google, (laughs) but about tech keynotes in general, Um, take it with a grain of salt, because sometimes those amazing features... Features that you see on stage and everybody walks away and writes about them and talks about them and then they never come that also happens. But Google Photos look great. It, it, it always looks great.
2: I just want to state for the record that I have a album of fence photos that I've collected over the last year in preparation for this. I, yeah, so every time I see a fence, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go take a picture of the, you know, of the view through the fence, and then I'm going to take a picture with the fence in front of it. Because when it comes, I'm going to be ready. You
1: need to have one of you crying on the other side of the fence that you can send to Google's engineers and be like, this is me
2: waiting for this let let me free free me.
0: <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. Okay, uh a little more to talk about in this episode. I got I got a story you might have missed. I got a fuzzy so puppy update. We're going to talk about Microsoft. What could be better? Puppy! But first uh, let me tell you about our other sponsor simple contacts it's pretty great when an app takes a really tiresome task and makes it a lot easier simple contacts does this by being an easy way to renew your contact lens prescription so you've got contact lenses you've had them and now you need more of them you've run out of them um, you can reorder them from anywhere in just minutes with simple contacts all you need to do is complete their online self-guided vision test it takes less than five minutes from wherever you are right now you don't have to go back to the doctor and wait in the waiting room just to order new contacts of the same ones that you already were using you can order them right from the website or the app they offer all the lens brands you love options for astigmatism multifocal lenses colored lenses and more i have an astigmatism i have a uh an issue where i had to have a wider lens so that i wasn't actually literally seeing the edge of my contact lens took a long time for us to find the right lenses for me and guess what Uh, simple context had them they 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 had even the weird one that i thought that they would not have they had very impressed and you can order of course everything from the palm of your hand whenever you want the vision test is just twenty dollars for comparison going back to your doctor for another appointment could cost you over two hundred dollars Simple Contacts will save you money and time. It is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. That's not what it's for. It will check to see that your current prescription is still okay and will then renew your lenses based on your existing prescription from your doctor. These are not new prescriptions. They are not examining your eye health. Uh, as a listener to this show, you can have $30 off your contact lenses. Go to simplecontacts.com slash download or enter download at checkout. That's simplecontacts.com slash download or use the code download for 30 off. Thank you to Simple Contacts for supporting this show. Now, before we talk about Microsoft, I wanted to mention the story you may have missed. There was a lot of news this week. Mm. It's a very, very busy week, but I think you should know, by the way, in our document, this headline is RIP slash LOL movie pass. I am a movie pass <laughs> subscriber. <laughs>
2: Me too. <laughs> movie pass is slowly <laughs>
0: drowning. It has, they have done what they, they wanted to do, which is gain nearly 2 million users in under a year using their venture capital to acquire a whole bunch of movie fans. Um, but they reported a loss of $150 million for their last financial year. Their monthly burn rate is around $21.7 million, And there are serious doubts that MoviePass will be able to turn it around. They only have about $15.5 million in... Available cash right now, the stock went down a whole lot. At last check, thirty percent. It may be more now. Hopefully, they're still in business by the time you hear this. Uh, their filing says that they that if they can't find additional capital, they may be required to reduce the scope of our planned growth or alter our business model objectives and operations, which could harm our business not surprising but uh, you know kind of a bummer I like the idea I think there was a nice piece that I saw that said movie pass is is proof that there's an uh, there's an idea here but that their Mm -hmm. business model may be broken (laughs) and I like that my local theater chain put out their own version of movie pass which is not nearly as good a deal unsurprisingly because they don't want to lose millions of dollars but the idea that people want uh, a a new way to access movies that is not necessarily just waiting in line and buying a ticket and having have some more freedom and maybe get a, a discount in exchange for having that it's not a bad idea but um but i i'm now wondering whether the year of movie pass i put up front will actually net me more than the three movies i've already seen oh well you can't have nice i would things. just
2: pay ten dollars for four movies a month like if they that's fine i would do that yeah i mean my I, yeah
0: my local chain what they have is it's a discount and um, and you can bring a friend for the same price as the discount. Yeah. And if you don't see a movie in a month, it rolls over. So then you know, oh. then you have two in your account, which I also like because sometimes because that's that's one of the parts that gets me is like, oh man, my movie's gonna expire. I should go see something, and it's like, no, no. Your movie doesn't expire. You just go to two movies next month if you want to, and I like that rollover movies. It's a it's a thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> Microsoft Build was also around this week. Kicked off Monday. They had a keynote about AI and collaboration in a world where the that Windows PC is not at the center anymore. And uh, I, I yeah. one of the things I like about Satya Nadella is he's okay with that. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they did a whole feature called your phone, which is <laughs> yeah, you know, guess what? That your phone is not a Windows phone. <laughs> it's an Android <laughs> phone or it's an I. Uh, an iPhone and it gives Windows users access to their smartphones from their desktop or their notebook. Their text messages, photos, media, all gets bridged over. Um, unsurprisingly, more so with Android phones than with iOS phones because of how iOS has kind of locked things down. Apple does a lot of this on macOS because they uh, they have iOS and macOS and they can make those tie together. Um, but uh, it's a, it's fun to see uh, it's fun to see uh, Microsoft do this. It's it's a it's a good thing, right?
1: Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I like to see. And, uh, you know, uh, there's something so refreshing about that honesty that exists there where we can just be like, yeah, you're not using a Windows phone. We're pretty sure. Uh, (laughs) So let's just make these things work across the board. And Microsoft, uh, because I think there's... Sometimes companies will use that sort of us versus them mentality to their benefit or detriment. And I think Microsoft is in a place where they realize that there's no benefit to their consumers, uh, to their customers or users for uh, doing that sort of thing. And so we have this opportunity to use these great tools that Microsoft has available um, to, to make this stuff happen. And I think about, you know, I, it's very easy for me to be all in on Mac because I don't have any sort of interests or, uh, business needs that lie outside of macOS, iOS, et cetera. But, you know, enough of my friends who are techie folks are super into virtual reality experiences and things like that, uh, where, you know, Mac is trying to to make a break into that but has not in the same way that I can go onto like Oculus's website today and buy an 800 dollar PC and then I've got and an Oculus headset. And then I've got my VR experience all ready to go as soon as I set it up. And so I think about those, those folks who maybe want to use their VR machines for more than just VR machines, because talk about fancy people who don't want to talk to people on the phone. Like, <laughs> Oh, yes, here's my summer machine. This is my <laughs> VR machine <laughs> to be able to use, you know, their, their iOS device with windows is uh, quite nice.
0: Yeah, it's it's this is the difference between Satya Nadella and Steve Ballmer. I feel like as Steve Ballmer was like, it's all about Windows, it's all about Windows, everything Windows, phones are Windows, whatever, and uh, and Satya Nadella's like, that's no, cool, like you know, they, he knows that they aren't a player in phones and the best thing for them to do is make windows work as seamlessly with other phones as they can and i think i think it's good i think this is one of those like what is a modern desktop computer operating system supposed to do like what's the number one thing that they should probably be working on for those things it's probably better interaction with mobile because everybody's got a smartphone now and they're super important and treating them Uh, as like you don't even know what they are like oh you've got a phone i guess whatever is not uh, gonna not make for a good desktop experience and they want to have people you know use their use their windows pcs so to have their phones be kind of integrated makes people more likely to use their windows pcs also there was a stat that came out i'm not sure whether it was io or a build about how many people use um, browsers to do stuff versus apps browsers on desktops And it was one of those uh, nice moments to remind everybody that a lot of people, everybody's got a smartphone, a lot of people spend their day at a desk on a computer. And I know computers are boring, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people use them and having good experiences on them is important. That is something that came out this week that it's like, just to restate it. Yeah, I know everybody's got a smartphone. Sometimes you're just at your desk in a web browser and it's good. It's not a bad thing. I
2: always say Google Chrome is a very powerful platform.
0: That's right. I mean ab- absolutely <laughs> right. I think that's why I think it might have actually been at i/o and not build when that happened I don't know forgive me for that but it could have I don't been either. Remember either. <laughs> it could have been either place because the point was uh, these are these are companies that have browsers um, and you know and with Google they've got they've got Chrome OS and mm-hmm. and it's like you know yeah people do have computers too it's a it's still a thing um, I want to put a put a shout out for Windows 10 sets which is coming uh, this is another thing where uh, you see Apple and Microsoft kind of tinkering with kind of like other ways to organize information and sort of go past the old-style old style, um, old style uh, set of windows into something that uh, people have sort of gravitated toward in things like web browsers, tabs, and all of that. Mm. Um, Apple, a couple g- generations ago, put uh, tabs everywhere. Like, every app can just be full of tabs now <laughs> instead of windows. Microsoft is taking them one further. This has been in development for a while, but it's coming out soon. The idea that not only can everything be a tab, but you can have tabs of different apps, and they all go together. Which is, I gotta (laughs) say, kind of a cool idea. Uh, The idea that you could just set up a window with a bunch of tabs in it, and it's all the stuff you're working on for that project. And each tab could be from the same app or from a different app. It's like, yeah. So sort of like spaces. Yeah, exactly right. It's Windows 10 sets. Uh, oh, I look forward to cool using
2: that because yeah. I, I use a Windows machine for work. Yeah, yeah, so. it's, a,
0: it's a it's a it's a fun idea, and I think that that could be a good. Like everybody's got a different way of working. I know people who are Mac users who love spaces, and I cannot stand them. I know mean, people. I know, I I know people it. who Me have either. like a billion browser tabs open, and I am not that person either. But like nope. different ways of working and different ways of collecting things, and we've moved past the point technologically where every app needs to live inside its own little window. And so Microsoft's yep. like, no, we're not. We're going to let. Uh, an app live inside of different tabs and different windows and that's okay. And I think that's cool. So, uh, you know, gold star, Microsoft, gold star. There you go.
1: Gold star. You've Uh, done well.
0: Yes, indeed. Now we're proud of you before we go. Um, I want to do the fuzzy puppy update, which oftentimes we do because the tech news is sometimes dark and sad and we need a little uplifting thing. This one's a little weirder. Um, it may not actually be true In fact uh, A listener uh, A very nice listener set this in So thank you to listener Mike And said how could this not be the fuzzy puppy update And the only reason it could not be Is that it may be fake But there were reports and a video That an engineer in New Delhi Named Milland Raj Saved a puppy using a drone He equipped with a giant claw there, wow. There's video of it the Dog is down in the a drain claw. between two roads um, They the, the way the story goes, it wasn't possible for a human to climb down there and free it, so he stuck a robot arm uh, with a claw onto his drone. Uh, dropped it down into the hole and looped like got the claw and kind of did a loop around the puppy's neck and pulled it up very gently and all- back onto the street where the puppy was rescued and he apparently decided to adopt the puppy um, or or it was his puppy. The video starts when the dog is at the bottom of the of the, of the hole uh, and it may have just been put down in the hole and then immediately picked up and that's oh where they God. cut the video. And also, although the story says that there's no way a human being could have gotten down in that drain. It's really not that far down. A ladder could have gotten down in that drain. So okay, I, I am don't <laughs> don't
1: cynicalize the fuzzy puppy. But it's a puppy.
0: A puppy was flying on a drone, and the puppy is fine. I think that's what we need to focus on here. The puppy is just fine. Apparently, I hope that's true. uh Fuzzy puppy update. I there it is. It. Thank you, thank you, Micah. <laughs> believe in the fuzzy puppy update. You I gotta believe the
1: fuzzy puppy, and that's what makes it real.
2: Did did you guys hear about the puppies at Microsoft Build? What?
0: Uh, no. What? This is a fuzzy puppy bonus. Tell us. Tell us. Yes, so.
2: Christy. I figured it'd be a good time to mention this. Uh, Christina Warren was tweeting about it. There was a cuddle corner at Microsoft Build. Oh With, uh, f- with a couple, like a mini pony, and uh, there was a golden retriever there who was just getting belly rubs. Um, and my husband went and visited and sent me a couple pictures from oh, the
0: little that's cuddle scene. So pen. sweet. <laughs> wow. So there you go. There you fuzzy, go. The other fuzzy puppy. <laughs> I believe there. that. Uh, that one I know is true That one I have 100% confidence in Alright, what is there next week on, on download? Well, we don't know, but we do know this There are probably no developer conferences So that's good Anyway, that brings us <laughs> to the end of this edition of Download Flow Florence Ion, where can people find the stuff that you do? I hear FlorenceIon.com is one place What else?
2: Yes, absolutely uh, Well, FlorenceIon.com and on Twitter and Oh, that flow uh, is the best way to find me um, There you go
0: All right, and you are on Material... And I am.
2: Yes, I am on material and I am also on all about Android. Uh, and we did a special actually I might I would like to plug as well all about Android. We did a special uh, episode this week where we interviewed um, a couple of uh, the people who work on Android. So go check it out. That's
0: awesome. That's great. That's on the Twitter network. People should check it yes,
2: out on the Twitter network
0: and Micah Sargent proprietor of Chihuahua coffee. Where can people <laughs> find the other stuff that you do?
1: Yeah, uh, if you don't want to head there, I do want to plug two podcasts that I do. Um, I'm incredibly proud of a new podcast that I launched with a a friend of mine named Tori Folk. She's a writer at iMore as well. Uh, It's called Lucid. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can go to lucid.show. It is partial uh, sleep science, so you can learn new things about your sleep and how important it is. But also, we do dream interpretation. So audience audience members send in their dreams, and we interpret them on the show. Oh, my gosh. And we've had so much fun. Russell uh, Ivanovich sent in his dream, and we helped uh, get an answer there. So if you want to send in your dreams for interpretation... You can send in audio or just, you know, type it in at it's dreams at show. And the other podcast that I'll plug is Somehow I Manage is a uh, podcast I do with the one and only Tiff Arment on the Incomparable Network. I think Jason's heard of that. Network. I have. Uh, <laughs> it is a show all about the American version of The Office, our favorite sitcom. And we have so much fun each week talking about the uh, where we're going through every single episode of the show. So we're going to be around for a while before it's time to start from the beginning and, I guess, go again. So, yeah, check those out. Uh, you can go to somehowimanage.biz of course. or lucid.show.
0: <laughs> I love those URLs, although they're not as good because they don't end in coffee. Uh, also, <laughs> Micah, my dream. Is that a dog was rescued by a drone that's, that's a weird dream I could swear it was real but it may have been a dream I don't know alright thanks to everybody out there for listening to this blockbuster weeks blockbuster episode of download uh, we'll be back next week and until then we will keep watching the headlines so you don't have to bye everybody